This is Amateurs Podcast. I'm Anton, and this is the third episode. The guest today is Bulat Khalilov, co-founder of Ored Recordings, a platform and a label dedicated to traditional Caucasus music. We've never met with Bulat, although they are now based in Tbilisi. Our conversation was partly based on previous interviews and works I found online, and we referred to them during the talk. So uh, if you want, check out the links uh, I will leave in the description. We discussed what is traditional and uh, how a dialogue between cultures works. We also touched uh, on their move to Georgia and uh, their experience in Georgia and uh, anti-colonial philosophy and principles we all need to understand and uh, hopefully apply. Even though now I have a lot more ideas and questions to Bulat, I really appreciate he agreed to talk with me and uh, that he shared his view on the world. So I hope you enjoy listening to it and you find something interesting for yourself too. And now here is my conversation with Bulat. There was a lot of information about how Ored started, how you began, why you began, like uh, all the roots. And uh, I think I want to focus more on the on the creative process you go through, more on the principles you follow, more on the values you uh, follow in your work, uh, with which you started and with which you continue to do it now. So I guess my first question is, uh, how do you find all the people, all the music, and how do you build those uh, necessary relationships to be able to integrate uh, and record them? To answer on this question, I need to start from the context because our example of our recordings, it's not something very typical on one hand. On the other hand, it's quite typical for DIY ethnography, for punk ethnographers. When I say punk ethnographer uh, or DIY ethnographer, ethnography, I mean somebody who work in ethnographic field, but without academic background or uh, education or diploma or something like this. So we start already with Timur Kadzoka, my close friend, as a platform or project dedicated to traditional and at the beginning we call it folk and archaic music of uh, of the North Caucasus. Yeah. So we was like uh, music geeks, some experimental and extreme music, music uh, nerds who was trying to find some extreme and avant-garde music in uh, our region. And the very first idea we have, it was like academia and scientists, folklorists, ethnographers, they use traditional music as a fundament and as a resource to write the reviews, the books, the monography, but not as a music itself, not as a music to listen. So in the very beginning, we was very anti this thing. Our first principle was like, we don't care about the context of this music. We care only about artistic and musical and sound questions of this music. So we just record cool music for listening. And it was very, 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 very beginning, but more and more we go into the deep into the uh, music we record. We always face with some social or historical, political questions. So what is this song about? Why this genre still exists or not exist? Why people still perform it? Why languages, native languages start to disappear? These questions 
rise more and more often when we was record th this music. So it was stupid to ignore these questions, these issues. Do we want or not? We go more into the scientific uh, field. We, we are not scientists, we are not professional ethnographers, but you can't ignore these questions. And as I said before, the first idea was to record archaic or authentic folk music. Today we try not to use uh, words authentic because authentic it's usually means something pure, but nothing is pure. And in terms of culture, it's a very dangerous idea. When we say archaic, it's stupid too, because a lot of songs that uh, we are recording and we are working on, it's uh, songs of 20th century, it's not archaic but they still tradition. They have no less value, like the same value as the ancient song. So to say archaic is stupid too. And even the word folk, it means like there is a music by composers, but by individuals and music of folk, music of people. So this is stupid idea too. Why these composers and the individuals are not folk? Why people who create this music not as uh, composers? Why they are not individuals? So this is a very colonial idea of who is a folk, who is an individual, what is music, what is art, and what is ethnography. So the more we work with this music, we start to destroy these cliches firstly in our minds. I was listening to the materials you have on Bandcamp. First of all, it's incredible how it's raw, but touching you like nothing really touches you. And I also saw that there is a lot of context given. Like there is a lot of text about what is this song, when it was recorded, why is it performed, how people approach it. Mm -hmm. I was listening to K Karkasian Zakirs, Zakirs, I'm not sure. Yes, Karkasian Zakirs, uh-huh. These uh, texts are, first of all, written because there are different traditions. Some people write music down, some people don't. And these texts are written and more. The texts itself are protected from people, from kids, from whoever is not supposed to see them and read them. I started questioning the, the reasons for music, why people do music, why, why music is important and like what role music bears for people. Because traditional music, it not only serves the purpose of fun. So can you speak about what kind of roles you saw people use it for, how music serves them? There is no general answer or answer that will good for every situation we face with when we was recording with traditional music. When it's religious music, for example, when we record uh, Zikr, Sufi rituals in Chechnya, they don't understand these sounds and these religious practices as a music. Yes, they are singing. Yes, they made some like movements that you can describe as dance. But if you will ask the Sufis, like, are you dancing? They will say, no, we are not singing. We are not dan dancing, we're making a, a zikr. So for them, it's not a question of music. But technically, you can say it's music. For some historical songs, for example, if you will take Circassian music, as I'm Circassian, I'm um, mostly into this context. So if you will take songs from uh, Russian Circassian war, Russian Caucasian wars, and music uh, songs from that period. These songs are a tool of commemorating, of commemorating, fighting for your identity. To not forget your past, it's not just remember for remembering. It's because this past still impacts us, and these uh, events that happened like in 
from 80 to 90th century that ends with the Circassian genocide. So these songs are important because for our people, not very much things changed from that uh, period. So to keep this music and to sing it, it's tool and mechanism of supporting and protecting your identity. For many people, it's the same. For some people, it's just having fun. Or, for example, we have some songs with the drinking songs. So it's a way to communicate around the table. You can say that they're just having fun, but it's kind of some language that gives you possibility to be together. So I think in the end, if we, I will try to give some more or less general answer, it will be like, this is the way to keep your identity and to, to build a community and to keep this community. In some interview, you talked about uh, pseudo-folk music, which was kind of uh, created by in, in times of USSR. Is it used nowadays? Is it like is it used for the same purposes, and uh, uh, is it being questioned even or not? I think now I'm disagree with myself that there is some pseudo or uh, true folk music. So even the music that was created in Soviet time, for example, by some composers or poets from Ministry of Culture, it's still interesting music. It's something important for some part of our community. But the problem is that people usually don't make any reflection on this, where this music comes from, what was before, how to use it now. So, yes, it's, this is the, the only problem. But there is no problem with this Soviet music. I think even they kind of create new or parallel tradition. So I think we need to work with this Soviet music too. And we, when we say Soviet, there was traditional music that was made unofficially during Soviet times. For example, it's anti-Bolshevik or anti-Red Terror songs, or it was songs lament from deportation by Karachais, Chechens, Balkars, Kalmyks, and many other people. And there was uh, songs that prize and celebrate Soviet Union. And we, when we was recording two Kalmykian grandmas, they were singing the songs that the song that was sung during the deportation. They were singing the song in the vegans uh, while they were going to Siberia. And they finished this song and then say, now my favorite song about how Soviet Union is great. And there is no uh, paradox in their minds. Like for me, it's black and white. Like when there is a repression, you, you can't like say, no, it was some reasons. No, there was only one reason and it was a cr crime. But in terms of songs and how people think about these songs, it's not black and white. And I think all narratives and all kinds of music are interesting that was made in that period. That's uh, about decolonization and decolonization process. I'm working in, a, in another podcast, it's called Civium, and we talked with activists from Kalmykia, which was almost totally genocide during the Soviet era, like it was just deformed, all the people, all the natives were sent to Siberia, mm -hmm. and they're telling stories about their families, because all, literally all families were touched by it, and they're telling stories of their grandparents 
speaking about Soviet Union, how their siblings died or how they were deported and spent 10 years even more in Siberia. And then they're saying how USSR was great. And it's weird. And for us, it's black and white. For them, it's not. Mm -hmm. Can you say what are the, the influence, the effects from colonization, from Russian Caucasus war and from uh, USSR, what is still there, how it manifests itself? I think it impacts all the sides of our life, political, how the way we are thinking. We still, that's why decolonization is very important thing for our region, because when somebody say post-colonial era or something like this, I think about us, it's not post, it's still colonial. Of course, it's not like the 19th century when we was uh, literally killed. Now it's more softer, but soft, softer, it doesn't mean that it's good or non-colonial. You can see that our native languages is on the governmental way. They usually said, your language is a question of family. It's not the question of something official or public. And for me, it's stupid because why? So why the chemistry or physics or mathematics are not the question of family? Why it's only about our languages? Why even English is not the question of family? For example, you can't openly speak about Circassian genocide or deportations because you can have some problems. And we have some activists who left the country because they was speaking about these uh, issues. The, and the thing that uh, you can't openly speak about these times and these events, it shows us that even for government, this problem still exists. They, they are trying to mute it to say that in Soviet time and in, during the Russian Caucasian War, there like some catastrophe happened, like tsunami, something very natural. You can do nothing with this. Bad things happen, but it's not like this. It's like army comes and kills a lot of people. But you can speak about this uh, even now. So that shows how it impacts us. Uh, and not only, not, uh, not only us, but the government too. Because if this problem is not exist anymore, then it will be okay to speak about this. And we see that it's not. And you can meet a lot of people from North Caucasus who are saying like, yes, before we become a part of Russia, we was barbarians, we don't have our architecture, we don't have our letters or something like this. So yes, they come and bring some civilization for us. So it's kind of propaganda, I think, because even when I was in school, everything was promoted as very boring and very pro-Moscow. Pro Every good thing comes from Moscow. So I think it's still part of our life. And I think like the, the, this idea that Timur and me have before, like that we need to record like authentic, pure, uh, archaic music. It's colonial thing too. It's not only Russian, like the, the whole world is colonial and it stays on the colonial principles. Even now I'm telling you some things, but maybe tomorrow I will review this interview and the things that I'm telling you now and I will find some colonial uh, principles in my ideas. So 
I think it impacts us. With the label and with the work, how did you change your approach because of this realization? I think it's the most important thing that we understand that we need to review our ideas and our mindsets every time, every day and every minute. We need to work on this. And we, when we say decolonization, it's, it's not like, oh, Russians are bad or, or Russian government is bad or oh, Westerns are bad. There is things that uh, they need to accept and, and talk about when they talk about us. But for me, it's the very important thing that we still need to work, we need to take our responsibility too and to work with this because I don't think that decolonization can come from the center. When uh, decolonization comes only from the center, it's like a new, a new version of colonialism, maybe softer. Or yeah, it's absurd, kind of. <laughs> the, the, it must be in the center too, but It's not like, oh, we are victims, so we just can relax and wait until they will understand everything. They will not. They have a privilege, and why they need to, to take off this privilege and become like and help us. Nobody will help us. So our future is in our hands, so, and we need to take our future. That's working with label and music show to us. Just say, and in this interview already too, there is no clean cultures. Like every, everything is kind of mixed and interacting with each other all the time. I think that's a very important idea for both sides. And as you say, for the center and for the, for the minorities, all the national groups there are, because it kind of puts aside levels. There is no levels to this. Just everyone is different, but also everyone is interacting all the time. Yes, and the, the idea that there is nothing pure doesn't mean that there is nothing good or nothing important and or it's not means that for example circassian culture is not pure so there is no circassian culture no it's, it's there is different cultures but there is no borders there is no straight lines oh i also wanted to ask you about the work with uh, vincent moon because I, i was kind of surprised i didn't know that i didn't know you, you like you worked together there there's a lot of stories uh, you told already how you worked but i wanted to ask what did you learn from him and what did you apply to your work from him firstly because of vincent we started recordings and we start to believe in ourselves because when we it was before red recordings in 2000 11, I think we invite him to North Caucasus in Russia and we was traveling a lot, two months with him. And it was, we was like just the two student guys without any experience. We was like, we even didn't believe that he will come. <laughs> wow, it's like famous French uh, filmmaker and we just uh, two kids. The very important thing that he give us is this experience and this understanding that we can do something by ourselves. And we was working with him in Belize in July. He came in July and we record Jerpajer, Circassian band. Um, he was recording Margaliti, it's a female Georgian ensemble, and Tete Noise, and somebody in Svaneti. So it was two, two times we was working together. So you can be agree or disagree with Vincent in the very in the, a lot of uh, moments, how he works, uh, w what he's doing with this material. But uh, for us, it was uh, like big influence 
that give us some knowledge and power to to continue. As I understand, he's uh, kind of doing it all uh, one take all the time, and uh, he puts everything online. Yes, yes. Now he is working with the festivals too. He making some video collage. He, now he making some like live video with the musician who he recording. Like uh, they making an audiovisual performance. Like we did in Belize at the Vodcast label, for example. So it's become more experimental than before. But the thing is, the important thing that he always sharing more or less all the material he is recording, and even you, if you don't like his approach on on traditional music or cultures or political situation, uh, you can use as you want what he is sharing with you. It's very like beautiful and poetic, uh, his movies, but it's not too. It's not only his. Uh, view it's like more or less objective i also i watched the movie from stereotactics you made with the musician it was hard to watch for me and it was like very not one-sided like it was it, i don't know it's it was complicated to watch how feda i think what was his name uh is kind of trying to grasp the idea of the music and trying to make something with it but it seems uh like almost alien it seems also almost stupid to make something with it like because uh, the moment you try it like to put effects on it and stuff it just like disappears the magic the magic from the music disappears i was i, I was sitting and thinking you're trying to grasp something that exists only in the moment sometimes it's improvisation sometimes uh, sometimes it's not but still like it's it's something what people carry like in in their talent in their voices and their playing instruments This approach that you, Vincent, is doing, like he's sharing everything as it is almost, but like you are free to do whatever you want with it. But but that second part of you watching it and thinking about doing something with it, I started questioning, like, do you really need to even touch it? Because it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's so hard. It's so hard to find this. Uh, it's so hard to touch it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's It's a hard, it's a really hard question. I like this movie, Bonfires and Stars. It's raising uh, good questions. I think that the collaboration between Fedia, electronic musician, and our Circassian musician from the DGA didn't happen. But I don't think it's because he's electronic musician and they are traditional musician. I think there is, you can do this dialogue or collaboration very easily. For example, our uh, artists with whom we are working now I think now we can do something like this collaboration. And it's not the question of genres. I think the question was like, firstly, Fedja wasn't prepared well, and he was just like, okay, I will come and do some beats. And with this approach, with this idea, you are probably will, will be failed. But it's not only his guilt, even because our musicians wasn't interested in this collaboration. They was like, okay, they ask us to play some music, we will try. But like, it's not the question of genre. And I, I think you can, and sometimes maybe you must touch this, you must continue something, you must create something new. Because I don't like the idea that traditional music, it's something completely another. It's not in like other music styles. I think it's more or less the same. 
Of course, for example, techno is, and jazz, it's not the same. Or uh, academic music and post-punk, it's not the same. But you will never say, oh, you can't touch post-punk or oh, you can't touch academic music. I think you can do whatever you want with traditional music. The question is just the quality of result and quality is the, what is the quality is the question too. But when both sides, musicians from different genres want to collaborate, they can create something interesting. I think this is the, the, the main thing. That's that's good you said it because I was really started questioning this this idea. You came to Georgia because of war. How how's uh, work going here? What did you find here? Firstly, we we get a lot of support from local community, even from people who never know us. They just check our Instagram or what we are doing and start to help us in every way, like a place to stay to share the time and food and so on, some context. So it, and we see a lot of uh, interest from the local community, from Georgians and not only Georgians. Like, and we are trying, the most important thing for us, it's not to create this immigrant bubble and work with, mm -hmm. with immigrants. We're trying to work with local community too. And here we create North Caucasian Club with immigrants from North Caucasus making some lectures, events, some concerts, and so on. So it's on the one hand. On the other hand, the prices here is very high. It's very hard to like to make money to, to live here without being in stress. But I think it's not because we are not locals. I think even for Georgians, it's a, it's a problem. So we, we can see how life here is like amazing on the one hand and not very easy at all and very hard on the other hand. Yeah. You found the girls, Georgian Chechens, I think. Pankisi Ensemble. We released the album and made the concert in Denmark in Roskilde Festival. There was like in one lineup with Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Blur. That's amazing. For them, it was a weird experience. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. You, in your various uh, talks and interviews, you explained how there is no really Caucasus. All the ethnics are different and all the music is different. Even in Georgia, even in Georgia, there are different regions which really differ from each other. What kind of uh, characteristics, what kind of unique uh, things you see in Georgian ensembles and Georgian music in different parts? I don't think I'm experienced in this question enough to to answer it correct. But we have we we can see one big problem. Many Georgian musicians. Uh, agree with us that Georgian music it's very often tourist oriented so uh, Georgian uh, musicians made this music for tourists M many of them they have a repertoire like Billy Sosuliko and they don't sing another songs because they think that tourists will think that these songs are very boring so it's impacts Georgian music so much 
So I, I, I'm telling about traditional music. And this is a problem. And also because Georgians choose polyphony as kind of brand, they don't pay a lot of attention on instrumental music. I think that it's not because they was less creative in terms of instruments or something like this, just because it's become kind of brand. And I think the important thing is to not focus only on one style or one phenomenon, but, but work with the different things. But you can compare with the Northern Caucasus because here much more people are singing, much more uh, ensembles and possibilities to work like with this music. So when I'm kind of criticizing this situation, of course, in the North of Caucasus, it's even worse. So Georgians are in the good positions. But I think I need to work more with the local music. We need to travel and to record. For now, we are not able to do this. Hopefully, sooner or later, we will go deeper into this uh, music because it's very weird that like we are neighbors, but we don't know about Georgians nothing and Georgians don't know about us nothing. We are looking at each other through stereotypes, through the centers, and it's weird. I think we need to make uh, more and more connections. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just in general, people don't really know neighbors and don't really know like the context of other people, but mm -hmm. it's quite important to understand each other. I was thinking about it. I, I went to Svaneti recently and I've seen local villages, small ones and almost empty ones and uh, big ones. And it's uh, very beautiful and sad at the same time because all it leaves on is uh, tourism. Mm -hmm. There is no really any other infrastructure, any other visible thing. I'm, I'm sure people do something there, which is uh, mind-blowing. That people do music, they probably produce something, they do things with their hands and uh, they continue some traditions. But what's visible for other people is only only like this very simple, very things on the surface. And uh, But also I'm seeing that Georgia is promoting tourism and it's promoting it like exactly on the surface level. And I'm, I'm kind of questioning, is it the right way? But at the same time, I see how locals themselves, in Tbilisi especially, there are a lot of places where they like where it's about enthusiasm, not about money-making or about tourism, but just about the enthusiasm people have for all kinds of music. You went to Mutant Radio, and, and there are many places like this here. We already talked about the dialogue of cultures. So you're saying the collaboration is possible. Like, the collaboration between people is always possible. But the dialogue then didn't happen. So what do you think is the, the right way for it to happen? How, how can it happen? You are right that you're saying it's always on the people. When two persons want to uh, work together and they understand why they're working together, not just, oh, let's do something like bombastic and it will be amazing just because we will bring some ancient thing and modern thing and it's not because me or Moscow filmmakers tell to people to do this. When this wish of collaborating comes from the people, not from the producers, it will work. When two 
people who are open-minded in terms of art and music and artistic practices starting to work, it will work. So it's self-education and open your mind, I think, and everything will be fine. You, you, you can't preserve nothing. You can only create something new. When you're just trying to protect and save it, it becomes a museum and it, and it will die. It doesn't mean that it always must be like electronic, for example. It can be modern only with like traditional instruments because traditional instruments, they are not ancient. They are just instruments as a synthesizer. Because, for example, if you will take a, a European violin, the oldest European violin, it's older than traditional Circassian instrument. So... Is it European violin more ancient or European classical music more ancient than Circassian traditional music? It's not the question of time when it was created. Uh, it's just a question of status and a question of how we look at this music. So I think if we call something modern, it's modern. It's not center, not European or Moscow or producer or curator decide what is uh, modern, what is contemporary, what is uh, traditional. It's we decide. So, or, or you, is, if you're working with your culture. Like. So I think it's easy. We just need to rethink this status, this cliche that we, like, we, we put music and cultures in the boxes. And this system of boxes have hierarchy. We need to destroy this hierarchy not the cultures, just hierarchy, how we look at this. And it, it's very possible to work with different things. Yeah, but it's, it's also very important there are people like you recording it because it's not as available and as promoted as other types of music. So, Yes, it's, it, it, it's a thing of hierarchy because people do not work with this music because they think this music is ancient and nobody will like it and so on and so on. But nobody asking why to uh, preserve or protect, for example, rave techno music. Yeah. <laughs> nobody thinking, is it drone ambient music too boring for people or something like this? So we don't, we, we need to stop to think about traditional music, how to make this great again, and just to work with what we like. Yeah, that's true. And I think it will yeah, be enough. True. You know, like this, uh, I didn't expect uh, you agree on this talk. And I was really inspired when I was researching what you do. You probably serve me as Vincent Moon served to you. I feel like I'm a student of yours, uh, even though remotely. Because uh, all these principles and ideas, I'm really looking at what I do, like what I want to do. I have no idea what my, what my career is and what am I even doing right now. Just uh, trying to find something that really excites me. So do you feel fulfillment from what you do, from all this work, from Ored? I think this is the most thing that gives us power. We don't think like, oh, we're doing some very... Yes, we think we're doing important thing, but this thing is, is important not because we are doing it. It's important itself. So the most thing that gives us power and energy is joy that we have from this work. We do it firstly for ourselves because we like this music, because we like to think about this, because we enjoy it 
like these concerts and it give us I can even say happiness so in this term it's kind of egoistic thing yes so without this feeling of joy we will stop it I, I'm finishing with my questions but I really wanted to add this uh, citation from from the musician he was in the in the bonfires and stars uh, in the movie he said you come and think you can do whatever and then traditional music starts teaching you Ruslan Tash Ruslan yeah he said it yeah I think that's that's an amazing way to to put it <laughs> yes it's a good quote and a good idea yeah do you want to add something maybe I missed something or forgot something which you which you think is important thank you for this talk because highlight the things that right now I feel that it's important to talk about and I think these questions of how to work with traditional music what is tradition what is contemporary it's not only musical things but very political it's question of surviving for our people to show all the all the world and to understand for ourselves that we are not some exotic or ancient cultures we are people of this world we are people of this time and Our culture is not something it's related with the past, but we keep it not as a museum thing, but as a everyday practice. We understand why we do it this. We should continue and always think about this. I think it's very important. Yeah, I agree. I agree it's very important. Thank you for this talk and uh, I hope we meet uh, in person and <laughs> and uh, talk a lot more about these things.